friends, new and old, and welcome to the Pow Wow Podcast. We are your hosts, Philip and David. And I am as ready to start this podcast as a bear ready to spit in the woods. How about you, David? Sure. I, I don't relate to that notion, but I'm just as ready, I'm sure. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It has been a, an eventful morning for me. Luckily, somebody spotted my tire being completely just dead, dead and gone, deflated. Uh, last night, my uh, my dad helped me air up my tire with like his, his uh, air gauge and stuff and uh, an air pump, excuse me. Uh, and, and this morning, completely gone again. Didn't even have a chance. So I had to go take it to the tire shop. Luckily, luckily have a tire shop within walking distance so had a an eventful morning walking back forth to and fro uh but uh, so how you're, about you david you're straight from the tire shop and i am fresh out of the shower clean Ooh. yeah like in, i'm in my pjs i'm not even gonna hide it like i am in my pjs right now uh i am so comfortable and i'm wearing my my old high school senior sweater it's great uh, I had a very long day. I had to be up at, I had to be up at like five thirty. Ooh! So it's been a long day. You know what? It's been, uh, it's being the time zones that we are in. Both of us are either getting into or exiting like immediately from pajamas before we record this. So either you're, yep, you're on much. the cusp of entering pajamas, or I'm on the cusp of leaving pajamas, getting ready for my day, just because of how our our recording schedule is and everything. It's quite funny. They have, in another life, this podcast would have would have been called like the the PJ game or something. I mean, but that but that maybe wouldn't have the longevity because because one day we hope to maybe be closer and pro closer proximity to one another. Absolutely. Let's get started. All right, we have a. I'm a, I'm so excited about this week uh, because we're bringing on someone who whose name you've heard so many times. He's a, a very good friend of mine, and he's a friend of the podcast, friend of mine from high school. I've known him for, what, like 13, 14 years, something like that. Jake Corlang is our, our That Slaps correspondent. Yeah. The, <laughs> the original slapper. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Well, thanks so much for having me. Good to, good to hear from you, David. Good to hear from you, Phil. Yeah. Now, we, we've all met before multiple times. Luckily, we were all able to, well, I'd say intertwine, but that might give a weird suggestive we, tone that we, we, kind we of had pandemic we had a few times together. Like yes. we did, we, we were sort of, we had a few gatherings. Yeah. Um, we quiplashed. We quiplashed. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we were, quiplash. Yeah. We, we were three of the main components of Hoffman's quarantine pod yeah now, and now we're on this <laughs> yeah. pod we're casting through pods over here two of the very last people that i saw in la before i left yes yeah wow what memories but even before i knew jake you two were very very close growing up in some capacity right yeah, you we've said been, we've been good close friends since since we were like 12 seventh grade here in the netherlands I'll say this, like David and I met when we were uh, 12 and he had the same beard he has today back then too. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So wait, wait, hold on. Hoffman, it's very well known, especially on this podcast. So you're a very well-traveled man. Uh, you've been around. Yeah. If if you say a state or, or country that you haven't been a part of, I'm more shocked than in the reverse. But Jake, you, you were a part of the Netherlands and that's where you met him, not here in the States. You met him in the Netherlands? Yes. So David and I lived in a Dutch suburb called Vassenaar. And mm -hmm. it's about, I don't know, David, correct me if I'm wrong, like less than 10 miles from um, the Dutch city, The Hague, which is the, the kind of the government is in the right. Netherlands. And it's also where the, the International Criminal Court is. So anyone who's like tried for war crimes is, is tried. They say they try them at The Hague. So that's yeah. where the, the big, huge international criminal court is. So that's um, what brought David and I there, just being uh, international criminals. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, we went to an international school in um, Vassanar called the American School of The Hague, which was, is a school that goes from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade, which I actually completed. I started kindergarten at the school and, um, and ended up graduating. I think because I arrived a couple days late to seventh grade, Jake, Jake was Jake was like the number one student ambassador for like every year from all through middle and high school. He was like lead student ambassador. So he kind of showed me around as well. So 
the thing is also in Holland, like obviously there's a like kids take the bus, but a big thing is biking. Like everyone rides bicycles around. Oh, like Phil, I don't know if you've ever been to Amsterdam, but one of the craziest things you'll ever see is a Dutch train station because oh, you'll yeah. never see as many bikes in your life. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's more bikes than people. Nope, but uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow. I mean, I I think I had like in high school probably like four or five bikes just because. They also got bike theft is a real thing in Holland too, ah, yes. which is like a hilarious inconvenience. Just like my bike was stolen. So we, you would bike home and Dave and I were in the same advisory and we biked home together. That's like a thing. It's like, oh, like, well, who, are you biking home with anyone? No, oh, let's bike home. So we were biking yeah. and there was this little hangout place. It's called Bagel Alley. And as you can tell, it's a <laughs> bagel place. It was really cool because it was like the only place where you can get American soda. I remember it was really cool that they had Mountain Dew there. We uh, <laughs> biked to Bagel Alley and got ourselves some Mountain Dews and cinnamon rolls and started talking music, started talking just things we were interested in. And here we are today. Yeah. Wow. It well, was that classic 12-year-old conversation like, dude, we should totally start a band. Like, why haven't we started a band? Let's start a band. I know. The endless uh, attempt to try to find a band name. We were in a band together pretty much the the entire time that we were living in the same country here in the Netherlands. Through high school, we played uh, school talent shows and, and the dances think, and once or twice. Yeah, the, the middle school dances <laughs> and uh, and once or twice we even played like on the street for like for for money. We were on the newspaper. I got a I got a newspaper article. Where it's a picture of us, David. You're playing cajon. I think I'm playing acoustic guitar or something. But yeah, actually, my first gig was with the Ritual Stone. <laughs> that yeah. was our band back <laughs> in uh, eighth grade or so, and now we were, we played the uh, fifth and sixth grade social, which is a Phil, school would dance. Would you like to hear our set list? Oh, I would love to. Yeah. What, how, oh, how did yeah. that How did that we playing, playing, go? We played, the, what was it, Desire by U2, and then flipped the, the switch completely, played Damn It by Blink-182. Wow. And then, and then Hey Jude by The Beatles. We were a very diverse rock band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we could, we, we, we could never agree, so that's, that's part of the problem. Well, it, well, it came to the point where I was just like, okay... Everyone gets to choose a song. And of course, my like super angsty pop punk kid wanted to play Blink-182. I feel like, David, you always got the short end of the stick. Everyone ever right. got their songs. And, but you always wanted to play stuff that we just didn't have like the instrumentation for. Right. I wanted like, to play Linkin Park. And Linkin Park has like six members. And we were just three of us. So Yeah, we were like barely could play. Because it is worth noting here that Jake, obviously coming from uh, our podcast, everybody knows when uh, we thank you each and every week that they, they they have a pretty safe assumption that you're you're a through and throughout musician, David. Uh, in case you missed last week's episode or a couple episodes back, I now forget. Uh, David played the drums uh, for for quite a while, so that's where you two had a deep musical connection uh, and intertwinement, yeah. as it were. But I guess one thing to to be even begin at this conversation here, Jake, is is what instrument or instruments, I guess, do you play? And uh, it, uh, was it Hoffman and his beard that interested you to play musical instruments, or was it <laughs> was it something before that? Was there maybe an episode of Looney Tunes that you saw that you really enjoyed and and wanted to create some music, or, or how did that come about? My first primary instrument, what I play professionally, is the bass guitar. And I've been playing bass guitar since, ooh, it's about 12 years now. I started when I was 13. What sparked the interest of just even playing music to begin with was two things. When I was about like seven or eight years old, I saw... School of Rock with Jack Black. Yeah, baby. And, uh, yep. And that last scene when they're playing the Battle of the Bands and play the teacher's pet tune uh -huh. and they're all dressed up and they got uh -huh. the pyro and all doing guitar solos and stuff. I was my seven and eight year old ass was just like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then uh, the next day, I proceeded to go play baseball. <laughs> then, like, <laughs> didn't, didn't do anything with it. And if fast forward a few years later, when... Guitar Hero became the craze. I um, started playing Guitar Hero 2 on PlayStation. I played it way too much and to the point where I was like way too good at it, where I would actually have people invite me over to their house, not to hang out with me, 
because they wanted me to beat a certain level of a guitar hero uh, for them. So even before I played an instrument, I was getting called for gigs. But um, and eventually I got really, really kind of into the music too. playing Guitar Hero. I wasn't just playing because it was a fun game. I actually enjoyed recreating this music to some regard. And then eventually I was kind of like, okay, well, I want to do this for real. I want to play guitar. I want to be a guitar player. I want to be in a band. And I kind of just sat through all of fifth and sixth grade, just kind of daydreaming about that. And I would just be in kind of like my, I don't know, my English classes or as we called it, language arts back in the day. Just kind of like instead of, I don't know, reading Tom Sawyer or whatever we were supposed to do, I was kind of eyeing like, okay, who in my grade can be in my band? Who plays what? Who plays what? And (laughs) I had like a full network of like the whole middle school, who played what and who played what. But I just noticed nobody played bass. There was just no one that was a bass player. And I was just like, okay, well, I wanted to play guitar, but I can't realistically put a band together if I'm going to play guitar. So I can realistically put a band together, a full band, if I decide to be the bass player. I told my dad that I wanted to play bass. On a third of context, I had been playing trumpet for like three years before and just never practiced, never did anything with it. So I told my dad, like, oh, I want to play bass. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah, okay." I guess I just kind of kept at it. And it took a couple of years. But eventually, I think he kind of noticed, like, oh, like, he's genuinely really, really interested in doing this, actually wants to do it. For my 13th birthday, I got a bass guitar. And it was game over after that. And that's just around the time I met David, maybe a little after I had met David. And we started talking about wanting to be in a band and want to start playing together. I was actually having the same conversations with another buddy that was interested in music. I don't know why it took me like a few months to realize like, wait, I have this person that wants to play music. I have this person who wants to play music. Why don't we all play music together? Yeah. We started our first band. And and we were the ritual stone. And you think like, oh, we're in a band now. Everyone thinks we're the coolest people ever. We're like the rock stars of school. We just got our butts handed to us by people making fun <laughs> of us for like every year. I, I couldn't tell you how many times we'd show up somewhere in our social circle and everyone would be like, oh, look, it's the ritual stone. <laughs> no, that yeah. sucks, man. I didn't have a band in my high school like anybody yeah. whatsoever. I guess if they did, I didn't know about it. I Wow, the ritual stone. Now, really quick, this isn't on our on our rundown, but why the ritual stone? David, you want to tell the story? Yeah, um, so we were, we were walking down the high street where all like the shops are, probably heading to Bagel Alley. Um and or, no, actually, I think it was nighttime. I feel like it was nighttime. I don't. Know. I we remember it was dark. To the park or something. Yeah, we were, it was dark. We were heading to the park or something. We used to hang out at the park as teenagers do. And there, there was a store that sold sold like like body creams and stuff. And it was called Rituals. And there was a clothing store called The Stone. And I think it was Rutger. Maybe it was Rutger. Or, I don't know. It was either either Rutger or you. Was just like, oh, how about the ritual stone? And we all thought it was so cool. Like, it was so, like, edgy sounding and kind of, like, mysterious. The ritual stone. I mean, I have a, f- I have a feeling that we were kind of, like, thinking of band names. And we were, it was like a joke that we were just taking random words we saw and put them together. If it was like, we saw, like, a donut shop and then something else, it would be like, oh, donut pencils or whatever. <laughs> we were just like, so <laughs> we would just see some things and put them together. And then I think we saw, like, oh, the ritual stone. And they were like, actually. <laughs> What would you say is the best band name you've ever played under, other than, obviously, the Ritual Stone? When I had moved to um, Boston from the Netherlands, a roommate of mine from um, a summer program I had gone to had a band, and they needed a bass player, and they were called The Shirts and Shoes. Ooh. And I thought that was the coolest band name. So I was just like, it just, I don't know, came off my tongue really nice. Like, like, oh, the shirts and shoes. Just like sonically pleasing to me. I would say that's my favorite band name I've been a part of is the shirts and shoes. Not as good as the Ritual Stone, but... Um, okay, no, no, no. what was your what was your favorite non-string instrument? Because I know you like you mess around with a lot of stuff. So, what is your favorite non-string instrument to pick up and mess around with, or or not necessarily pick up if it, if it happens to be like drums or something? But interesting question because it feels like everything I touch has strings on it. I definitely like playing. I don't know, it can't like, be the trumpet. Say it. No, no. I was gonna say um, <laughs> like bass synthesizers Ooh. are really. Oh, I can cool. just kind of noodle with one of those for endless amounts of time. If you put me on like a desert island and gave me like like a bass synth, 
I, I could ha- I can hang like I, I would I wouldn't go crazy. <laughs> Jake, uh, what what's work for you? Because I, I think the, like the path of me or Hoffman and like in our career field, it's like somewhat visible and understood. Like the general public understands. Oh, you know, if you want to make an a- as an actor, you got to do some background work. You know, oh, I, he's probably the the random uh, guy who's in the submarine of of Red October. He, oh, he plays he plays the dead body in that episode of of CSI. <laughs> there you go. Or if it's me, like you just eventually you try to read for commercials and then you go forward at that and and go into further into broadcasting or maybe you do a podcast and yada 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 but like for a working musician uh, like or you know going from gig to gig being a musician there it's it's got to be like unstable if not unpredictable right like what what's work for you no that's a very very well put and and i was doing that for a while where it was just kind of gig for gig but as you mentioned just you know like it's a bit of a jungle it's a little it's very unstable you never kind of like really know what to expect. Like if things get canceled in the blink of an eye. Mm. Um, so what I kind of do just to keep everything grounded and keep just myself constantly working is I, I do a lot of teaching. Oh. I teach at three different music schools, uh, whether just one-on-one studio lessons or I direct student bands or I teach group classes. I teach like a composition class at another school so a a lot of teaching and then on top of that there's kind of some more stable gigs that kind of happen more regularly doing like on a worship services at um at a church or so or just having a vast network of different groups that play in town quite often but i would say what i'm doing kind of steadily especially now as gigs are slowly coming back and live music is slowly but surely becoming a thing again is doing a lot of teaching a lot of just consistent local gigs who would you say your musical influences are it's a hard one to say in terms of just general like what got me interested in music was just being in the car with my dad and listening to whatever he was listening to he's a very very big classic rock fan so being in the car with him i was listening to a lot of acdc Mm. a lot of Led zeppelin a lot of jethro tull a lot of who just your staple classic rock bands but then kind of as i started developing my own taste for music i got really really interested in alternative rock especially a lot of late 90s early 2000s stuff like the um definitely like a lot of like stone temple pilots all the pop punk bands like blink 182 some 41 then also as i started getting a little bit more i don't want to say sophisticated but at least no, that's all right you can academ- say sophisticated yeah. Yeah, hoffman's yeah, on this podcast we can get yeah. snobby <laughs> yeah at least a little bit more <laughs> academic in my um musical journey i started listening to a lot more jazz a lot of fusion so a lot of bands like weather report light as a feather snarky puppy and also a lot of just bass players eventually i started to stop listening to kind of bands and started listening to musicians that were on certain records so one of my favorite musicians is a guy named Pino Palladino. He played on countless amount of John Mayer records, countless amount of uh, D'Angelo records, and honestly, everything else. It's funny. I like look at credits and he's on records I wouldn't think he would be on, and I look at like an Anderson Pack record and he's all over it. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of different groups, but also I'm very influenced by a lot of individual musicians and a lot of individual players. Jake, when I think of musicians, I get this image like of a starving artist who is continuously waiting for their one shot, their one album, maybe like their one song to put their imprint into the world. How does that romanticized version of the music industry compare to the reality you've been involved in thus far? I, I hear what you're saying. I, um, I, I get the whole like one shot and everything and that opportunities like that come up and they're amazing and they're beautiful and like they come out successful and like successfully. But what's always interesting is, have you guys ever seen the new Disney movie, Soul? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the scene where um, he kind of, he plays the gig that he's been dreaming of? And Okay, I'm totally spoiling this movie for whoever hasn't seen it. <laughs> he hasn't seen it. But um, <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. Spoiler for, alert. Sorry, I didn't do the spoiler alert. But uh, he plays the gig. <laughs> he gets he gets it done. And it was awesome. But then he kind of still just takes the train home afterwards and just still just goes home and yeah. life's the same. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about like right. that kind of romantic, like part of playing music and being a musician is just cause say you accomplish what you wanted and you want, you got that dream gig and did it. That high only lasts for so long. 
then you kind of come yeah. home and life goes back to normal. And then you kind of not really start again, but then it, it, you got to be in the mentality where it's you're on to the next thing. Even if you have like a very, very, um, I don't know, a gig that you're very proud of and uh, you've accomplished something that you're very, very proud of. You can't get too caught up in that you just did it. It kind of has to be like, okay, great. That was great. Now I'm going to go do it again. If that answers that, your that question. That's a good segue, actually, into into my next question. What was it like going from the gig-to-gig lifestyle to doing an international tour? And what was the tour itself like? I should say, I guess I should clarify. Uh, Jake, you are you are a member of Save Ferris, and uh, and you went on tour with them, what, like almost two years ago now? Yeah. Or when, when was yeah. it? Like a year and a half ago? And it, uh, it you was, did yeah, a, tour, it, a six-week tour of the UK. It was about two weeks, but um, yeah, I went, we did a, it was called the Fuel the Fire Tour, and it was a tour sponsored by Fireball, which featured us, Save Ferris, the band Goldfinger, and the band Less Than Jake, and we toured from the south of England all the way up to Glasgow and back down, which was awesome. But in terms of what it was like to kind of go from the gig to gig to that, I wouldn't say was as crazy as a transition as you'd think. Obviously, like you're much more taken care of in terms of like logistics, everything sorted for you. You kind of just need to get in the van and get to the gig and deliver the goods and get back yeah. to the van. I the guess next the day. difference is you're sleeping in hotels instead of in your own bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, because especially something I've noticed as a musician is regardless the stage or regardless the the level or where you're at you're still doing the same thing you're still the, the experience of say hmm. playing like i don't know at our fifth and sixth grade social in terms of being on a big stage in front of a lot of people with a big sound system is obviously like yes the experience is different much much better production much everything but in terms of your performance and your mindset I feel like they, uh, it wasn't as there wasn't a big transition in terms of going from that to that. It wasn't I wasn't on stage and thought like overwhelmed, like, oh, this is something I can't handle. I, like, was, that. I like that a lot. You're doing right. It is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Brings me to my last question. I know Phil has a couple more for you. How how has your career progressed during the pandemic and what are your sights set on as the economy reopens well the pandemic obviously took a major hit on um live music and just on any kind of well many many industries but live music especially so it was definitely a um you know an interesting year especially with it was everything being so unpredictable and not really knowing what was going to come out of it i mean there was many Many times we were thinking, like, is this ever going to come back? Like, is live music still going to be an industry after this? I was able to progress because I'm very, very fortunate to be in a um, very, very good group of like-minded, hardworking individuals that regardless of the context of the world we were in, still managed to figure out a solution and still be able to keep music going I have to give a lot of props to uh, Patrick at Sparum Entertainment because we kind of put together this live stream series, um, which we featured all the artists under uh, Sparum, Friends of Sparum as well. So because of that stream, we were able to play kind of every week and actually perform to people at the comfort of their own home. And every week, the production got better and better staging in terms of the videography and it came to the point where it was actually oh, yeah. becoming a full production show and uh also because of that i got to learn a little bit more about production side of things like i got to learn a little bit more about staging and how that works and lighting and how that works because a lot of times i wasn't playing i was say directing the lights or i was um doing the cameras so i got to learn a little bit more about the production side of music also, I say a lot. I've had no choice but to kind of really, really get better at being a good music teacher because that was the only real work I was able to do was continue teaching. Because of that, now that I've come out of the pandemic, I'm teaching more than ever, and I feel like it's something I'm I do really well. I don't know. It's not to try to drag off of the, what the question was, but it's been kind of nice that everything's been away, but it's coming back because. I don't know, it, it brings the motivation back. It kind of 
Everything's very exciting now. I feel a lot more excited to be a musician again than I had previously. Not that I wasn't before, but there's definitely a there's a new energy in the air now that music's been kind of canceled for a year and it's coming back. So I think just in terms of my general inspiration and general kind of want to play, like I'm I'm very hungry to play again. So I'm definitely practicing a lot more. I want to get better and uh, I'm just excited to kind of start doing it again. Yeah, man, that revitalization, I think, is something that pretty much everybody who, you know, quarantined and had to live through that also all of us can certainly identify with. But it's beautiful to see that that still even affects something like artists and, and through their their craft, man. That's that's really great. Look, so David's the, the hoity-toity one. I would say that he brings a regality to this podcast. My bugaboo <laughs> is that I am the weird one. I, I bring some some interesting stuff. So I kind of want to get more towards who you are as a person, Jake. So so if you would abide me, this has nothing to do with your music career. So you can put that away. And then here we go. Uh, Jake, okay, ha- here we- have you ever seen Space Jam? This isn't the full question, but have you ever seen Space Jam? With Michael Jordan, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. All absolutely. right, perfect. So as you may or may not know, if you don't, then the then the listener wouldn't. Um, perhaps the premise of the film is that aliens have come down to destroy Earth as we know it, and it was up to Michael Jordan and a ray of Looney Tunes characters that they had to play a game of basketball in order to save the world. My question is, Jake, if I were to show up to your door and say, Jake, the aliens have come to destroy the world and they're challenging you to any display of skill or gamesmanship that you feel the best in, what would you choose to play against those aliens with the world at stake, Jake? Face off. Face off? <laughs> face off. Oh, base off. Okay. So, oh, so be like uh, uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd actually re- I'd- Bring Wrecker and David, and we'd uh, revamp ah. the, the ritual stone, and we would fight the aliens in song. Yeah, be like <laughs> yeah, supersonic wavelengths that would like shake you to your core. Yeah, and bowel movements would happen across the spectrum. Things would be dropping, panties and the like. It, it would be beautiful, man. I can see it now. And we would definitely play Damn It by Blink-182. <laughs> yes, get, get all that angst energy back. Oh, we need yeah. it. We've oh, been yeah. missing it. All right. <laughs> My last one here, Jake. What is a weird superpower that you would want to have that doesn't help anyone but yourself that you would even be a little embarrassed to show anyone else that you possessed? And if you need an example, I have one. But the okay. key is, is that it has to be weird. Okay. Give me an example. Okay. Maybe so fuels. Yeah. So for me... The weird, the weird superpower I would like to have is have the ability. I'm sorry, I'm I'm choking up a little bit because it's a little weird. Um, but to have the ability to have like full on body control, so that way at any point in time, I could just automatically pop every single pimple on my body, and it would just like just ooze out. Like like think of like soap or something, or like maybe like a potato going through like the masher. But like mm-hmm. I would just be able to like. But afterwards, I'd have pristine skin. Like absolutely okay. pristine skin. And I just be uh, every once in a while, I'd just be like, you know what? It's time for a nice little detox. You know, that'd be great. Okay. I, I think I got one. Have you ever had like eating chips and like dip and you get to the point of the chip bag where the chips are all kind of broken yes. and they're like too small to even kind of like mm-hmm. actually dip anything? Absolutely. I would want to have this kind of chip reconstruction power. So every chip in the bag would actually be the same size and that you can just consistently be eating your guacamole or salsa or dip without having to get your fingers um, dirty because you have you're at the point of the bag with the small chips. That that is brilliant. Yeah, go ahead, David. (laughs) Fully retractable genitals. Okay, and so we move. <laughs> and moving on. Yeah. Uh, and I, do you want to further along that explanation, or are you good? No, it just gets in the way all the time. You know, like it would be so convenient to be able to, you know. I mean, you have like a case for it. I, where, where I, I know. No, like <laughs> I was going to say, like lots of animals are able to retract it inside their body, and and that would be really convenient. I mean, not to not to be. I follow me if I'm wrong here, Jake. But isn't this the whole thing of grower versus shower I mean, why not be both i guess uh, yeah i guess yeah be be one of both i guess yeah like you said yeah. maybe have it like like you said like in a case like a trumpet case you just take yourself to and from business meetings <laughs> that that arise and and that's all that david needs all right um well if that hasn't weirded you out enough jake 
I would like to formally extend you an invitation to come play some games with us. Uh, I hope okay, and pray that they won't involve fully retractable, dis- disenchantable genitals, if that's all right with you. David heard you say that you were the weird one and he wanted to challenge that. I guess so. Yeah, he took that personally. <laughs> Precisely. Said, said, hold my beer. All right, let's go. So we move on to the game section and we welcome back Jake. Um, and this week we're playing a fill-in-the-blank game. It was my my, my turn to pick, pick a, a game. And welcome back, Jake. Are you ready to Jake, play, uh, play a little Let's game? You're going to be blanks. competing against Phil, and then, and then uh, when Phil co- brings his game, we're gonna you're going to compete against me. And uh, your job is to is to lose to me and beat Phil. <laughs> I don't think that that was in the job description <laughs> when we first gave it to him, but uh, I hope no? you fail oh, at this oh, job, oh. Jake. Okay, okay. okay. Well, you guys are weird All right, employers. So my game, <laughs> my game. I'm going to I'm going to read you a statement with a blank in it and in some cases i'm looking for the correct answer and in some cases i'm looking for the funniest answer okay okay so, is that pretty, okay. pretty will you, simple right will you state your so judging like a, before we give yes, our answer obviously okay cool in the first case i'm looking here for the funniest answer freddie mercury helped princess diana sneak into a london bar by disguising her in a blank uh, we'll uh, we'll what, go re, to re, Phil first. Okay. So one more time, the prompt, please. Okay. Freddie Mercury helped Princess Diana sneak into a London bar by disguising her in a blank. A banana suit. Okay. And Jake? So Princess Diana going into a London bar with Freddie Mercury. In disguise. This is a true event, but I'm looking for the funniest answer. Disguising her in a blank. Into a London bar? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what I can work with here. Okay, so Freddie Mercury brought Princess Diana into a London bar and hit her by using a kiss costume. <laughs> <laughs> the, win- the, winner, the winner is disguising her in a kiss costume. Like all right. Uh, oh, these are all musical themed, by the way. Okay, uh, okay. Okay, in this case, I'm looking for... So that one, that point goes to Jake. In this case, I'm looking for the correct answer. Okay. okay. Before joining Queen, Brian May studied blank. Uh, Jake, a, we'll go to so you first here. Astrophysics. And Phil, what is uh, what do you think? Before joining Queen, I believe he studied. Let's go with economics. Uh, Jake was spot on. It was astrophysics. I guess. I guess that's a fact that you you uh, you had in the bank, Jake. I, I wanted Phil to go first, but uh, yeah, I, oh, I knew okay. that one. I knew, <laughs> I knew that one. He, and he's actually a very very good astrophysicist. Wow. Yeah. So I've just heard, imagine so being heard. in the lab and he's like, "Oh, sorry guys, I got to go play with Queen. I'll be back for the research later." Yeah, that's like a like <laughs> that's like a fact that uh, Hoffman, I believe you you were the one who taught me about uh, Anthony Hopkins and what his hidden talent is. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, he composed he was his composer. own. Composed his own operetta. Waltz. Yeah, a waltz. Yes. Yeah. Third question. Uh, we're, again, we're looking for the correct answer here. And uh, Phil, we'll go to you first this time. Panic at the Disco started out as a blank cover band. And this one's the the actual answer. Yeah, the correct answer. Panic at the Disco started out as a. I'm gonna go with like a '90s pop cover band. Oh no, it's a specific band. I'll I'll say it. It's oh, specific, I'm sorry. It's a specific band. I see. Okay, so let me readjust. A uh, 90s yes, uh, Panic yeah. at the Disco started out as a I mean it's right there. I'm going to go with a Queen cover band. Okay, and Jake? This is one that I actually read up on not too long ago too. I forget exactly oh, yeah. which band was Jeez, it. But I'm going to Was it Blink-182? Were they Blink-182 tribute? Was Blink-182? No. Okay. <laughs> you know, I I swear to god I didn't plan this. <laughs> okay. No, it, I, it's funny because I actually I read up about that not too long ago. Yeah, so, was it about uh, an hour ago when Hoffman pre- preempted you for this? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what, Jake? It, it's funny that you're here because you know Hoffman a lot more and a lot longer than I have. But it seems whenever these games come around, the smell of the fish market is not the only thing that smells fishy around here. Hey, I don't know. Look, if, okay, I don't I know, Phil. If, if I knew these from last year. If I, <laughs> Just as long, and he, he, you, you beat him. So let's not. Well, if I knew these prompts beforehand, you'd think I'd come up with something funnier than a kiss costume for Princess Diana. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was to throw me off, but I digress. Okay. Again, we're looking for the now. We're looking for the funniest answer here. Okay. 
Bastille's bassist, Will Farquharson, is a qualified blank. And uh, we go to Jake first. Okay. Looking for the funniest answer. What, 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 can I hear the prompt one more time? Bastille's bassist, Will Farquharson, is a qualified blank. <laughs> can you say that name one more time? Farquharson. It's like okay. Lord Farquaad from Shrek. I know, I know. Like, I'm like, just imagining Farquaad <laughs> playing bass for Bastille. Um, <laughs> is a qualified... Stud. I can't even think of one Bastille bass line. <laughs> is a qualified um, friend. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he hangs out with the people in the band well. You're not giving okay, me much so. here, David. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> to me, I shall go uh, the Lord Farquaad from the Bastille <laughs> band. He is a qualified hammock salesman before joining them. He goes around from uh, in his car, and he had hammocks in his car that he would both prop up and use in order to sell to each and every family, much like an Omaha steak person, but with hammocks. Yeah, and um, the singer yeah, of Bastille. As, as kind as as touching as friend was, it, it does go to the. Uh, but what was it? Banana hammock salesman. Yeah, qual- <laughs> the yeah. correct answer was pilot. But uh, oh. you will get the point there. There we go. Um, all right, here we're looking for the funniest answer again. In the seventies, David Bo- David Bowie's diet consisted of three things. They were blank. What am I allowed and not allowed to say on this podcast? <laughs> I, that, and if it's if it's too far, we'll bleep it out. I will say, I will say before we begin here, you can certainly answer, Jake, but I am going to invoke my skipping stone from last week. For those who missed last week, of course, me and Hoffman both have skipping stones for if and when we should win the week before in order to skip a question as a whole, should we want to. I, I'm just not a big fan of uh, Bowie personally. I, I'm not not that I'm an anti fan. I just I'm not a big fan, so I don't know a lot right. about him. But I I can't imagine Jake isn't. So I'm going to skip this one. In, in the interest of time, I'll just give you what the correct answer was. Unless okay. unless Jake, you want to give it a shot. I'm 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 down to move on to the next game. All right. Cool. Okay. Red. It was Red Peppers, Milk, and Cocaine. Oh. Um. So the last the last question then the original uh, happy Phil decided to mm. skip. Harry Styles, this I'm looking for funny or correct, whatever you want. Harry Styles has four blank. <laughs> um, who's starting? Phil, go to, Phil, go to you first. Harry Styles is in sole possession of and has four big toes. <laughs> oh, God. He may be the king of consent <laughs> on watermelon sugar music videos, but in the sheets, in the bed where it counts... He's got that toe action, baby. Four two, toes. Yeah, four four big, four, toes. Four big like, toes, two well, on each. Well, he big toes. Like, yeah. he probably just has a regular amount of toes, but not including his, like, little toe, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing weird about it. It's just he has four big toes, whereas most of us only have two. Look, it's only it's only weird if you make it weird. Absolutely. Okay? I know. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Jake? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to do this again, where I'm just about trying to buy myself some time here. Okay, so please read the uh, prompt for me one more time. Harry Styles has four blank. <laughs> Didn't take you that long. <laughs> good. I want like I want to say good songs, but he has more than four good songs. I actually am a big Harry Styles fan. So I don't want to <laughs> talk crap. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll, give you, um, I'll give you both both the point there. Wait, is that where you're actually, going with, no, or you, you still got? Um, that was funny. I thought that was funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four salty past One Direction members that aren't as successful as him. (laughs) That's also good. That's also good. Yeah, Um, yeah, okay. Both get the point. Jake, you are the winner for this game. The correct answer was nipples, actually. Oh, that's (laughs) right. Which I think is insane. That's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, Jake, you are the winner with with, um, four points and Phil with with Two. two points, unfortunately fall short this week yes all right let's move on next week i won't have a skipping stone we move on to my version of this game which of course again i should have the aforementioned uh, hoffman you do get a skipping stone this week you didn't last week this week you I do. do i do so you have it at your disposal so if at any point in time you feel like after reading the prompt you want to skip uh, the question just let me know i've got an extra one just in case uh, for my version of this game i'm going to give you both the same prompt with a blank somewhere in the sentence. 
it will be your guys' job to fill in the blank with an appropriate word, phrase, or title. Uh, best filler <laughs> to my judging wins. Are you boys ready? Uh, yes. yes. All right, here we go. Jake, you will start us out. Uh, most underrated Disney film is blank. And I'm supposed to be truthful or am I supposed to be funny here? This one, forget forget Hoffman. This is just your answer. Your okay. answer to whatever this is, and I will judge accordingly. One more time. Yes. Most underrated. The key here is underrated Disney film is blank. The second Mighty Ducks. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, Hoffman, we go to you. Robin Hood with the fox and the lion and oh, yeah, with all the animals. The yes. Yes. All right. For the first one, as much as it pains me, Jake, it pains me to say this. David, I'm going to give you the first point to start off with. Uh, Jake, you got some work to do. Here we go. Okay. I guess we're not a big Mighty Ducks fan. (laughs) No, no. Can't say we are. Uh, uh, Hoffman, second question is going to go to you first. When first meeting a significant other's parents for the first time during a meal, Mm -hmm. blank is the best way to approach the impending forecast of chocolate rain your stomach is warning you of. (laughs) Saying, uh, excuse me, I need to go wash my face. Okay. Jake, we go on to you. Do you need me to read the prompt one more time? Uh, Can you read it six more times for me? Six more times. I'll give you you one. One more time, wait, fine. Fantastic. When first meeting a significant other's parents for the first time during a meal, blank is the best way to approach the impending forecast of chocolate rain your stomach is warning you of. I would probably just say excuse me and leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what I'm going to do here? Since since both of you answered pretty much the same one, would it be all right with you, Hoffman, if we skip this one? All right. Uh, I, will, I will put forward my skipping stone. I, appre- I agree. I appreciate it. All right. Here, next one goes to best vocalist of all time, Jake, is... Best vocalist of all time. Yes, yes. Who who sang the best in your mind ever to do it? Ever of uh, all? I'm gonna go. I know it's a, a it's a big I question. I know, I know. Like, and I don't know. Uh, no, no matter what answer you're gonna give here, you're, you're gonna have someone that's gonna disagree Ab- with you. Absolutely, or you're gonna get backlash right. from it. Well, if you're looking historically, if you want some suggestions mm-hmm. while you're thinking, I can give you some suggestions. Here we go. Let's go with. Uh, Frank Sinatra would probably be respectable as like the crooner type. I'll give my answer. I got one. All right. Hoffman, go ahead. I'll go first. Go ahead. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin is a strong answer. Very good. A strong answer. Aretha Franklin, at last, he finally gave an answer here. And uh, we uh, there could also be, if we're going back to you, Jake, we got it. I I, I got it. I got it. I mean, I got to go with, uh, with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. You know what? I... Aretha Franklin's a strong answer, David, but I, I'm going to give it to Michael Jackson. Between the two, Michael Jackson is certainly uh, he's certainly unique, and I think the fact that he produced some stuff does give him a little bit of bonus points here. I know it's his best. I vocalist. wish I had gone with Freddie Mercury, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, but I feel like that's just like the the vanilla answer. Like, oh, I just want to right, score well, points, so I'm going to say expected, Freddie Mercury at least. I know right, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. all yeah. right. So you guys are tied now, one to one. Here we go. We are going to go with uh, Jake. Here we go. You first. Or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going to go with Hoffman first because uh, he jumped the gun here. The movie title, did. David, of your autobiographical movie would be titled blank. <laughs> Once a drummer of the ritual stone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the David Hoffman story. And the David Hoffman story. Yeah. A, a stone of a, a story of a stone. Uh, not the rolling one. Go ahead, Jake. What what would your title of your autobiographical movie be called? Skinny Jeans Don't Age. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love yeah. that. Skinny Jeans Don't Age takes the uh, point. He has a two-to-one yeah. advantage here. Uh, we move on. The most respectable way you could possibly tell a stranger they have an amazing butt with an effort to try to not deserve an oncoming uh, an oncoming slap across the face would be David we go to you first bonjour madame what magnificent gluteus maximi you have <laughs> all right going for the both french and scientific approach jake do you have a different way that you could 
respectably tell a stranger that they have an amazing butt while trying not to get the deserved oncoming slap across the face? What would that be? What does Ron Burgundy say in Anchorman to uh, Christina Applegate in this situation? <laughs> have you, you guys seen Anchorman? I, right? I have. It's escaping yes, me right uh, now, though. Uh, I know, because I, whatever quote that, I'm usually good with quoting Will Ferrell movies, but I remember that one was very funny. Um, well, I don't know if I would go French. Uh, I'd probably try to go mathematical. I'd be like, I think I'd say solid circumference. Hmm. <laughs> that's uh solid. That's uh, that's fine. That's fine. I actually do uh, like that. That that would probably be a, a route to go away with. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to give it to the French scientist over there, Hoffman. Okay. For what he's <laughs> got bubbling over there. And uh, let's see. Uh, Jake, we'll start with you here. Uh, the sound effect I can make without using words to describe what sound it is that I am making is blank. Yo, hold up. What? You- <laughs> yes. What, so, what did you so, say? <laughs> so the sound Yo, effect. What just came out of your mouth? <laughs> the sound effect. This is from, from your perspective. The sound effect I can make without using words to describe what sound it is that I am making. So essentially, what sound can you make without having to tell us what sound you're making? What would that, what, what can you do? Um, if you need an example, I can give you some. Just because if I get the option, please give me an example. Yeah, I want to hear what sound so, effects you can make, Phil. Absolutely. So that's like a, a, door, a door creaking. Absolutely, there we go. Or <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so I'm supposed to make the effect. I'm not supposed to say what it is. Correct. Without saying okay. it out loud, what is the sound effect? Oh. <laughs> All right, I've got <laughs> I've got a motorboat on one side, Hoffman. <laughs> what What have you got on the other? <laughs> one more time is it anything other than a whistle is it a specific whistle yeah it was supposed to be <laughs> oh it's like yeah. a like a text alert phone that like a like yeah. a, an alert it was an attempt at it it was a poor attempt at it so just uh just give him the point and be done with it all right <laughs> jake you have broken both of us you have succeeded at your job you've beaten both of us to a bloody pulp and uh, Juan going away in our fill-in-the-blank game. Congratulations so much. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Since you are the godfather of that slaps, you are the the person, the, the pro- generator of that slaps, would you mind sticking around for one very special that slaps, and we'll, we'll get you out of here after that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Let's, let's go there. Here we go. Let's welcome... To the, to the show, a new segment, one of uh, the ones on rotation that we'll be doing, but a new segment nonetheless. The, the segment is going to be called Bite Me, and it's going to be centered around the idea and notion of us giving some, some spicy takes, as it were, some, some deliciously controversial, maybe hot takes, or some would call it in a different show. And you know what? If anybody disagrees with us, bite me. In the butt. That's how we're going to... Yeah, We might even need to bite each other. That's how this might go. So here we go. David? All right, I'll go first. A good milkshake benefits not one little bit from having whipped cream on it. In fact, I think it detracts from the milkshake. Don't put whipped cream on my milkshake. Bite me, okay? All right. Since we're starting out a new segment, I thought I'd kind of go for a, uh, a double jointer. Lemon lime Gatorade is one green not yellow i don't know who started that myth but it's green and then second of all the best flavor of gatorade hands down uh, some people are red gatorade stands blue gatorade stands i don't know who these demons are these mutants that came about and just all of a sudden touted the respectability of red blue purple gatorade i don't know why they're still in business but lemon lime gatorade is the og and the best hands down if you think otherwise bite me do everyone used to ask me blue or red and i'm like ew oh ah. <laughs> stop orange i always like the orange oh orange you can you can bite me too I like, I like lemon lime too don't hate me all right, this is once more, and on this on a similar theme to our main topic, where we talked about being a gig to gig musician, 
Uh, Phil and I have also lived the, the lives of, um, of artists who, who work job to job. And a job like that, a career like that often necessitates having a side job, a, uh, a day job, if you will. Um, while we're flying off being superheroes at night, we need the day job. So Phil had an idea. Yeah. Uh, what are some side gigs that we ourselves have had to do in the midst of pursuing our careers? Now, our careers differ from one another. Uh, we used to both be uh, actors of a sort. I still I still act from time to time, from time to time, you know, on rare occasion. But uh, David Hoffman, you are a full-time actor, fully pursuing that to the best uh, that you are capable of, and I applaud you. We even have uh, acted somewhat side by side and yes in yeah ships. in fact i i yes. i i just uh i just started working on that recently uh, oh that's yeah. something that we can have on the on the side grill right there maybe, right, maybe we'll, we'll talk that. about that um at some point soon yeah we should. We, we really we should. should yeah yes With, uh, but anyways yeah so in the pers- in the pursuit of what we do, I suppose that some would consider this podcast a side gig for some, uh, uh, for me on um, what I do on my career. So I'm not going to qualify this for that. But I think we'll each give maybe one to three somewhere around there side gigs that we've had to do that don't necessarily aren't really on the career path or where we envision what our dream jobs would be. But they're just something that we did to make money on the side on the on the on the pursuit of what we want to do ultimately. I shall start if it's all right with you. Sure. Uh, once more, I. You know what? And this is where you knew me. This is where you grew up, came to know me, and it's so weird because I completely find it out of my realm, out of what I wanted to do, but it just came upon me. I used to be a comedy club manager, and <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I can't tell you enough how weird that is in my life for me when I look back and maybe if I have grandkids or something and I'm bouncing them on my knee and I'm talking about my life and all the things I've done that's going to stand out to me as one of the weirder things that I've done because it felt like a dream job that I was living for someone else like that was somebody else's career pursuit and it I just happened yeah. to be so completely blessed and and given that job not given but earned my way into that job uh, that uh, that happened to come about where I was running the front box office, I was pouring wine, I was uh, taking orders, and then all the meanwhile working the tech of the, of the place. It was a very weird job that I all of a sudden came about in L.A., very L.A. of me. Your side job, David. Yeah, I, I would. I wasn't sure how to approach this because there's some things that that you know, like I, I worked. I, I worked in a restaurant, and I love. I, I wanted to mention that just as as a passing thing because I think there's a lot of respect between everyone who's ever worked in food service, and and so like, yeah. If you're out there and you're listening, like I feel you, okay. Um, and and then on the other hand, there was like, when I was living in L.A. and I was acting. Yeah, I would have wanted to get a job that that would help me pay my bills more easily, but as a condition of my visa, I wasn't even allowed to. So I had to find stuff that was like semi-related to to what I was doing, and so I most of what I did for for money for money was background work. But one of the things that I was that I did other than that uh, in LA was was I kind of was a, the best way I could describe it was a freelance helping hand. I got I worked for a few different people around LA like just through word of mouth who who needed like the, this one this guy was a producer in the 90s and he's still a, like a writer and he was like he had this garage full of boxes and so and so he needed help clearing out the garage and sorting through everything and deciding what to throw away and what to keep and he had like boxes of old scripts and I actually have my hands on a working script of when Harry met Sally no yeah, yeah, and it's wow. it, the original working. The original working title was Harry meet Sally. Harry comma meet Sally. So yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's pretty cool to have that. I also have one. It wasn't really a working script. It, it was like a final script. But I have Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. But that one's not really like anything because it's like I think it's like just yeah. A, so that was pretty cool. And then I, I helped some other woman move furniture, and and it paid okay. You know, it was a day's work. It wasn't fun for the most part. It was mostly like lugging boxes, but yeah. Yeah, it is. It is what it was. Uh, along the side of of you saying that you uh, used to, you know, having to waiter and and do all that stuff. My family 
used to, I wouldn't say own, but ran a catering company. Uh, so we did a lot of weddings when I was Ooh. growing up and a lot of uh, birthday parties, a lot of a lot of stuff where we were mostly the, a friend would need help and would need catering. And so my family would go out and do it since we had the knowledge, since we had the staffing on call. Uh, it was it was all very fun, all a great way to work. Uh, growing up gave me a good work ethic, I think. Uh, so I worked as a cater, catering company. Oh, how would I put this? I guess liaison, because it wasn't necessarily just one thing. When it's family owned, you're running multiple things. So I guess I would serve as a waiter. I've done that. I've worked on the line. I've bus tables. I've cleaned dishes. I've I've pr- procured food. I've done pretty much actually everything except for actually cook the food. I I, I just <laughs> more Thank so goodness. than Thank goodness putting, for all those guests. Yeah, more, <laughs> Absolutely. There's there's not a doubt in my mind. Unless it was like take it out of the oven or something. I did everything else in a catering company <laughs> would, would, that would uh, so, so if you, demand manual labor. So if you had to take something out of the oven and someone asked to, to compliment the chef, you'd go up and go, well, you're welcome. <laughs> hey well uh, thank you we uh we all we all say thank you no the weirdest food i had to think uh that we had we had a, an african like a how do i put this an african styled wedding like the the person came from somewhere in africa and so okay. they 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 paid homage to that and so we had to we had to serve these uh all these different types of cuisine african cuisines but by far the worst of it, like uh, everything else was fine. But the worst of it was, was like some family member was like was brought in these things that we can only describe as like rice balls. And I believe that they were rice covering like a fish eyeball or something. And it was maybe fried. I, I, the details are fuzzy. But and it had this odor. That this just permeating odor that anywhere it followed, you knew that they're there to lay the the rice balls. So Ooh. disgusting thing. Anyways, uh, Hoffman. Um, yeah, this Back is uh, we're traveling through the fifth dimension here to another universe uh, where perhaps there was no pandemic and this is an alternate reality. Um, I right at, in January of 2020, I applied for a job at um, AMDA where I went to college. Uh, for their uh, in their admissions department, and I would have been if I had gotten the job, and I I, I was one of the front runners as as far as I understand. I I know I had a good shot of getting the job, um, because I worked with them before and stuff. And it was part of their travel team, so I would have been traveling around and running the school's auditions around the entire western half of the United States. Uh, and it would have oh. wouldn't have interfered much with my acting because it would have been only on weekends. It would have been it would have been really, really good, a really good gig to have. And maybe if there had been no pandemic, I would have gotten hired. Uh, maybe I know there was some other great candidates who, who had applied. But yeah, that was that was the one that never was, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. Uh, do you have one more? Because I have I one do, more, I, do. I don't want to outdo I do. Uh, okay, cool. So my last one is that I worked at a local place here in Arizona. Uh, it's called Landmark Theaters, but... Uh, everybody locally refers to it as the dollar theaters because the prices of the movies are extremely cheap for a mission. Uh, partly because the movies that come there are like right on the cusp of going to DVD. It's like a secondary movie market, but uh, by the time they get there, it's either already at DVD or it's about to be there. But you get to still see it on the big screen. And I used to work there growing up. It was like my first like applied for get-in job. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Not mm. because of the work itself. The work itself was standard. In fact, like one time I just had to stand there and take tickets. And it kind of like, it, it, it would hurt my knees a lot. Anyways, um, but the, the benefits of that job were tremendous. Like going through high school and having that job, I would go with my best friend at the time. And we would go every Friday because we had half school Fridays. And we would go directly from there to my mom working at a deli right around the corner from there she would get us some free lunch there some like some quality subs like I, the meat was like from boar's head it was it was divine it was like real astute deli stuff went from there back to the to the where i worked we got some free movie t- ticket comps we watched a new movie every week got some popcorn and ate subs in the theater and it was like practically empty because it's like midday 
it was one of the best experiences and memories, fondest memories that I have growing up is are those half day Fridays in high school because I was able to work at these these dollar theaters growing up. It was it was divine. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, my, my last one is actually the job I'm working right now. I work at a school. Um, I, I, I guess I, I would say I have multiple roles um, at this in this job. I, I've I've I obviously sub when teachers are absent, which is, you know, it's it's just boring work. Um, but it, it does allow me to get a lot done of my own personal stuff. Like I, I get to edit. Um, I, I get, I've written part, parts of scripts. You know, I, I got like 10 pages out in, in one class class block or two two blocks or something. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty productive while, while I do it. And it just allows me the freedom, which is, which is really great. And, and the other times, like recently I've been, I've been monitoring, proctoring exams, AP and IB exams, which is so boring because I can't be on my laptop. I can't be editing. I can't be writing. I have to be watching, watching the students. So that's, uh, that's not as fun, but that's temporary. And what is nice is that I have been able to consult in the theater as well. So I have gotten to do a little bit that's sort of related, uh-huh. um, related to, to my degree. And, and it's nice cause it's part-time it's flexible and, uh, and I can fit it around whatever, you know, now that I, I'm actually, things are opening up here slowly and I might be, I might be actually doing some acting pretty soon, which will be fun. Yeah, buddy. Uh, maybe I, who knows? I don't, I don't know how the industry works here, so I'm going to figure it out as I go, but, but that's going to be happening. And, and hopefully then I'll, um, I'll actually be able to fit fit it around that, and uh, yeah, so it's a nice, it's a good job to have because it's flexible. I, I've been really, I've been, jo- I've been enjoying having that job, and I have gotten to do a little bit of like, I, I, I choreographed the stage combat for, for, or at least I helped choreograph the stage combat for, um, for the recent, the most recent school show. So that's been that's been fun, and I want to do like a film workshop um, next year. So if I'm still working there. Yeah, there's one thing that I know that you know. It's choreography, you light-footed dancer. You. <laughs> oh, uh, don't mislead our listeners. Yeah, baby. There we go. A live rendition, a live studio recording of that slaps the intro right there. Hoffman, did you feel the chills? Did you feel the goosebumps? Yeah, it's special. It feels... Uh, and now we got a live studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we're actually... I'm telling you, it was live. It was live, guys. Yeah. We're in that, the there's your proof now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the sound tech is coming over to yell at me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Jake, you're the godfather, not of funk, but of the bass and slapping it. So why don't you start us off this week? As you know, it's each and every week we just... Come to the people with something that slaps, something that really we found either this week that came back up or whether it be in some form of entertainment. Of course, music. We've got movies, maybe television, something that slaps this week. What What is something that slapped for you this week, Jake? It's doesn't consider to be. I don't think it's still considered to be this week, but the SNL episode with Elon Musk ah. as the host. I thought Elon Musk was awesome on a saturday night live uh the previous week all right yeah i awesome very awesome i'm mad at elon musk because he's cost me about 100 euros uh in bitcoin because he like <laughs> the things that he said anyway uh yeah i i, yes, I that it's on was my a fun episode of snl yeah it's my that it's was. on my to-do list of or i guess to watch list hoffman you're next uh yeah, I I could not go with a song this week. So this is the second song from this band that I'm that I'm slapping. Uh, it is Dreamers is the band, and the song is called Die Happy. Oh. It's kind of an indie indie rock uh, American rock band. Um, Jake, I think you'd like it. I think you should. If you don't know them already, you should check it out. Die Happy. One my Dreamers. one of my students is a very very big Dreamers fan, so I've been checking out their uh, catalog quite a bit. No, they're they're very very good. They definitely slap. All right, there we go. We got a slapping approval by the slap master himself. Yeah. I'm going to go with <laughs> uh, some entertainment this week. I heard it earlier this week, and I knew going into it that uh, this week's episode that we would have Jake on. So I thought, you know what? What better way than to highlight a band where, you know what? It's not the it's not the the just a lone vocalist. It's not just a guy who's who's playing the guitar back there. It's 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 the little guy going back there who's who's like the main focus of the band. So I'm going to go with Genesis, of course, with Phil Collins okay, leading okay. the leading the way. And we're going to okay, go with yeah. Invisible Touch. 
man, whenever that song comes on, it just it just rocks me to my core. It's both like a it's like the perfect mix of like a upbeat dance one slash you can like work out to it. I love it. I love Invisible Touch, and uh, it seems like I'm falling for that song. Do I get it? I like. Do I get I'm an approval bum- here, Jake? Absolutely. I'm bummed because now that you're bringing up Genesis and Phil Collins back to your underrated Disney movie, I should have said Tarzan. Absolutely. Because oh, that soundtrack yeah. is... Oh, yeah. Yo. Well, you know <laughs> yeah, what? You Be- <laughs> before we close that slaps here, I do want to ask your opinion because this is something of a controversial opinion that I guess I could have done for another segment, but I, it's more so to talk to a musician about it is that would be interesting, I think. I've heard criticism of Phil Collins is that if you've heard one thing of Phil Collins, you've heard all of it. Is Would you say that that's somewhat accurate, Jake, or no? I, I'll definitely disagree because... Um, Phil Collins is not only a phenomenal singer, songwriter, producer, but also just as a musician and as a whole. One of my favorite jazz records to listen to is uh, the Phil Collins Big Band. Is there did a show live in Paris where he plays with a full, full big band and doing kind of just standards and funk fusion tunes, and it is sick. Like he is an unbelievable drummer, unbelievable musician. Definitely a big Phil Collins fan. And I mean, come on, like, yeah, you, you can listen to In the Air every day. That drum fill. <laughs> like, you can listen to that oh, on yeah. loop. And Classic. Be happy. It's like the best. My favorite road trip song. One of my favorites uh, road trip songs is, is uh, In the Air Tonight. Yeah, one of my I, I, I've never personally cared if that even was the case, because I'm not musically studious enough to to disseminate or, you know, find out, discern whether or not that that statement's true of if you've heard one thing, you've heard it all. But for me, I love that one sound, even if it is true. So I mean, yeah, out. like even if it is only one sound, a song, like if you like it, then you like everything, right? Absolutely. Well, there we go. Yeah, thank you so much for sticking around with us, Jake. Me and uh, David will wrap things up here, but thank you for having an extended version of That Slaps with us, and we wish you well. Hopefully, you'll come back soon. Do you have anything uh, anything you wanted to prom- promote, Jake? I would say everyone go follow Sparum Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram. S- spell it out for us, Jake. Yeah. It's going to be S-P-A-R-A-M. They uh, are a management company that manage very, very, very high-end talent here in Los Angeles. And I also recommend everyone check out artists such as Julian Divizio, the Swedish High Coast Ensemble, uh, my buddy Lee yeah, Brown. They post some, you'll see some amazing videos on Sparum's uh, Instagram and on their YouTube channel. There's some really cool live shows that they've done throughout the pandemic. So check them out. There's very, very exciting things planned with them too. Keep an eye out for Sparum Entertainment. All right, let's we'll just keep rocking. I don't know. Yeah, thank you once again. Thank you, Jake, and uh, we will. We shall move on. All right, it's been a fun episode. Thank you so much to the massive help that Jake Corlang has done for being on this podcast, not only in the form of That Slaps, which he normally is featured each and every week, but also coming along and talking to us for for the day and playing a couple games. We really appreciate it, Jake. Thank you so much for hopping along on the show with us and, uh, and having a conversation. And to Cass and Crossland, obviously, for our intro and outro music. Always, thank you guys so much. And of course, thank you to Tara Amstutz for doing all of our graphic design work. We really appreciate all the work that you've done, and we'd love to show and display it each and every place we certainly can. Make sure that you, our listener, we appreciate you, of course, too. If you enjoy what we've been putting out in all of our previous episodes and such, make sure to continue to subscribe and listen to all of our old episodes. We've got a couple of fun ones in there, a couple of games that help get us to the score that we're at now. And we're on pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, everywhere you can think of except for Pandora. Because you know why? Screw you, Pandora. Oh, it's a bear! Why didn't someone warn me about the bears? Bears!